0: Tune into the, the greatest. Huh? Arian Simone brings you, oh, 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 oh my god, straight off the number one and best-selling book book, it's the Fearless Faith and Hustle Podcast with Arian Simone. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Fearless Faith and Hustle podcast series. To kick this off, I actually wanted to go first. And the reason why is because I wanted you guys to hear the backstory of why I even created the book Fearless Faith and Hustle. And it's because people continuously ask me, what is your morning routine? And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put my morning routine in a book. For others to benefit from, because what I do every morning keeps me centered and it's been of such great benefit to my lifestyle that I'm definitely willing to share it with other people. Um, I have prayer in the morning. I have devotion. I read a scripture. I read scriptures, actually. Um, I do exercises, declarations, meditations, the whole gamut of things. And you can find it all in the book that is available on Amazon and on our website at fearlessfaithhustle.com. Well, today I'm going to be interviewed, just like I plan on interviewing a lot of the other young ladies that are in the book. And Siobhan Jones, who is my right hand in fearless, will be doing the interview today, talking to me. Siobhan, are you there? I'm here. You're excited. We got to remember not to cut up too much.
1: We won't. We're going to get through this.
0: We're going to stay on task. We are going to stay on task.
1: Well, I am definitely so excited um, to be interviewing you, Arian. You have so much knowledge and wealth that I'm so happy to share, to interview you and share this with everybody. So to get started, I want you to tell everybody about your entrepreneurial journey. I know that, you know, people who follow your story know snippets about it, but I really want you to kind of start there.
0: Okay, well, my entrepreneurial journey does not start where I start my keynotes or any of my speeches. I fell in love with business as a child, actually, and I was the kid that would set up whatever type of stand on the front lawn and just sell items, and Mm -hmm. in middle school, I even sold poinsettias, and my best friend, Kelly, her mother always references that story about me selling poinsettias. And what I used to do, I learned how to get a target audience very quickly. I would take my mother's phone book and I would go through the list and I would just call all of her friends and I would pitch. And because I was a kid, I think that it probably worked out to my advantage. I ended up becoming like a number one fundraiser for the UNCF Bikeathon that would take place in Detroit. I would always win like every year. For oh, wow. raising all the money. um, Yeah, NAACP is giving me awards, everything, as a kid. Oh, wow. So awesome. I have always had a knack for sales, entrepreneurship, all of it. I got heavier into it in high school. I worked two jobs in high school. And then after I got tired of working retail for people, I said, you know what? I'm going to do Mary Kay. And I was a senior in high school because my birthday is in January. And I was able to sign up for Mary Kay as a high schooler because I was 18, a legal adult. And next thing you know, I'm throwing a party at the house and I made a few thousand dollars on a Saturday and I was just like, oh, hey, keep it going. (laughs) So that then goes on to college and I stepped on foot just selling things at FAM. And then I attended Florida University for my undergraduate and graduate because I was in a five-year MBA program, hence business again, And I owned a retail clothing store in the mall while I was there. And even prior to that, I was a real estate agent um, at 19 in Tallahassee, Florida. So I have always had a knack for entrepreneurship. And for those who do know the story, um, my store, I wasn't familiar that entrepreneurship honestly just had like ups and downs and fluctuations. So when things were up, I thought I was doing great. And when things were down, I actually thought I was failing, not just understanding that that's just the course of business. So through me having like this emotional haywire of it's up today down tomorrow. I -hmm. was like, I'm going to get me something stable. I was like, this is not it. When I graduated, I got a job prior to graduation to work for Nellie's apple Bottoms, And I was doing product placement and I worked there like, Oh yeah, I'm getting me something stable, a stable check. And I placed product on, on Jessica Simpson, Tyra Banks, and even Oprah Winfrey. And in 30 days, I was actually let go from the company because the company was being sold. And I was like, okay, well, wait a minute. This was not the plan. I left the entrepreneurship that I thought had these ups and downs to go get a job that I thought was supposed to bring me stability. This is now being counterproductive. So time goes on and I end up on welfare, food stamps, um, living out my car. My parents were in a divorce case at the time. I was just like, let me just figure out life for myself. And I just learned to pretty much just dance in the rain through it. Just knowing how to enjoy life despite situation and circumstance is something that I just definitely learned at that time. I ended up sleeping on my friend's floor. Her name is Prashal. She worked at Apple Bottoms too, but we were only there for a short duration because she, of course, had to be laid off too. And I would cook. Um, It was my contribution to the house because, of course, I was low on cash, unfortunately. And I said, hey, I got food stamps. Let me contribute this way. So when I normally tell this story, um, I do tell about like sneaking into the BET Awards and being part of like this big booty contest that Jamie Foxx had. But I'm not going to get into that. But I I don't tell the stories to just, you know, humor people for no reason. Right. Because I believe in that you should act as if things are already done. When I snuck into the BET Awards, I was just convinced. So I was like, I'm just going to move on this. And things just manifested um, on my my behalf. And somebody recently told me, never tell a story without a point and never tell a point without a story. And I was like, oh, I do that well. So you thank you. <laughs> you just- so time goes on. And I was sought out to do some PR and marketing work. And I, at that time, I honestly didn't know what that was. I was just like, oh, OK. But I sought out counsel. And I ended up working one project that turned into seven in two weeks because the people hired me, referred me to other people who referred me to other people. And that's when I looked up and I had a moment like, wait a minute, I have a business again. Oh wow! (laughs) And I was like, okay, I thought I left having a business, but for some reason, having a business is bringing me more stability than not having a business. (laughs) So... I was like, OK, so I went to go um, live out of an office space because what I could afford for an apartment wasn't presentable for clients at the time. And Los Angeles is quite you know, expensive as far as cost of living is concerned. So I stayed mm-hmm. at the office and living in the office on the 26th floor. There was Steve Harvey's morning show was on the 19th floor. And every morning I would network with all the notables and the celebrities that were coming in and out the building. So it was just great positioning, honestly. And One day I was up there asleep and I met Coach Carter from the movie Coach Carter. And he introduced me to the fact that movie studios outsource people to do PR marketing. And he wasn't the thing. He's like the thing that kind of like led to the thing. Because then I caught Will Packer and Rob Hardy, who are FAMU alum, but I'm younger than them. So we weren't in school together. But of course, there's a reference of us knowing each other. And I just explained transparently what it took place in my life, but I was aware that they outsourced for PR and marketing for films, and they said they were gearing up for their first big theatrical release, which was Stomp the Yard. And I went on to work that movie. Well, I had to, of course, interview for it. I'm giving like the cliff notes, but I went on to work that movie and the movie becomes number one two weekends in a row. So now Walt Disney's calling, Universal's calling, Warner Brothers is calling, everybody's calling. And From then on, I ended up working plenty of films. Robert De Niro's Limitless um, with Bradley Cooper, Will Smith's Hancock and Seven Pounds and um, a lot of Will Packers films from Ride Along to This Christmas to First Sunday to Takers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on um, to even more recently, Little. So the list, I say, just became very long and extensive and I got to travel the world and travel all around the country in that capacity. There was a, sh- um, a duration from 06 to 09. I also worked in music as um, a f- uh, music publicist in addition to being a film publicist. I'm Lil Wayne's old personal publicist, Chris Brown's old tour publicist, Neo, Akon. I mean, like the list is very long. I had a very heavy A-list roster and I had to stop music because it was just taking the life out of me, honestly, in 2009. I said, It's just too much. And I still kept movies going and I still even consult on a project and here and there. And to Mm -hmm. fast forward things in 2010, I started a magazine called Fearless with cover girls like Kelly, um, Kelly Rowland, Koi Kardashian, Lala Anthony, um, Megan Good and a host of other wonderful, amazing women. And over time, the print industry took a shift. And I was just like, you know what? This does not financially make sense. So how am I going to figure this out? And at that time, we just had a very large base and community of people just still desiring our content. And so from there, I just started throwing events under the brand and name of Fearless, which is why the Fearless platform exists today. Because I just kept things going. And that's one thing I definitely want to encourage anybody: that if something's just placed in your heart, that it's okay if it takes a pivot, or it's okay if it doesn't look like it originally started. as long as you just keep going in it. Right. Um, so that's something I definitely wanna encourage and leave. But that's okay. just pretty much oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Because
1: every time I hear your story, I feel like I get something different from it. And so I love when you always reference dancing in the rain. I love that because I hear that I mean it echoes throughout your journey as you've kind of just gone along as an entrepreneur. Um, which brings me to my next question. I know I can definitely pull out some things that I think were breakthroughs, but
0: what is your- <laughs> I mean- yeah. for those listening, Siobhan is my assistant and director of operations for Fearless, so that's why she said she could pick out some breakthroughs. But go ahead with your question, Siobhan. <laughs> you,
1: I mean, your story is, is just awesome. But what is your, your biggest breakthrough in your business to
0: date? Um... I think, like you said, I think it's more so many. Do I have a biggest breakthrough? Um, I'll give one, which is one that you, of course, have witnessed me through, mm-hmm. was when I pretty much hung up the PR and marketing hat and was pursuing Fearless full-time. And right. I honestly did not know how how it was going to go. And I mm-hmm. remember after the first year, we were on the phone, and you said, well, we made it. <laughs> Absolutely, and we I was just it. like, "Oh my gosh, we did, and we did it well. Like, how did this happen?" <laughs> right. So we made yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely can say that was definitely a breakthrough because I never knew that I would ever be able to see the day when that could stand on its own, right? Especially because my PR and marketing career was so successful. So, so successful. Um, so I never like during that time when I was still doing both heavily, it was just like, OK, OK, I was more so like trying to get through this long. So that's another lesson that I would give to somebody that about what you focus on expands, that when nice. it when it got more of my energy and more of me, it became bigger. And that's definitely a lesson, um, in itself. And honestly, it's a lesson I'm even experiencing now with the area and Simone collection, cause it's getting more of me and it's growing bigger. So I okay. definitely, um, I definitely say, just stay the course. Like people look at through, i not like, Oh my gosh, the platform is booming. I'm like, it's been around since <laughs> 2010. <But>, right, <so laughs> Like This did not just happen in 2018, but thank you for the compliment. Uh-huh. Um, so I will definitely, I'll leave that there for now. But yeah, there are definitely plenty of others. I do know one I did have in my parent marketing um, career that I would definitely feel like, I was like, oh, my grandma knows what this is. I think I done made it. When I got the James Bond movie, and I still remember where I was at. I was actually in Detroit at the time when I got the phone call. Whose car was I driving? I don't know. I feel like I was in my mother's car or something. But I know where I was pulling out of. I was pulling out of um an area off of Jefferson on the east side of Detroit. And for those who are familiar with my city, that's this is um the east side is definitely the rougher side of town. And I got that call and they were even like we're advancing you the money and I was just like (laughs) what? Called my grandmother. She knows James Brown, I done made it. (laughs) I knew that's (laughs) right. That's that's how I felt. That's how I felt. Um in that moment for like five seconds. But I just thought it was cute because I could still remember my reaction getting that phone call in the car. Like, wait a minute. I got a James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. So, yeah, I do remember that moment. Um, and there's other moments. My breakthroughs, I would say now, are just way more spiritual. So at yeah. this point, I'm not seeking to work with the next big name or anything of that sort. It's kind of like I've been there, done that. So my who I am has evolved as a person. So my breakthroughs are, and I say, more so spiritual. So this summer when I was on the set for Little, I kept saying, why am I even here? Mind you, I hadn't been on a set in five years. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm here consulting. I'm here working. And just encountering Marseille Martin, I was just like, I started asking God what my why was. And as I got to know this young lady, I was like, oh, she's my why. And that's more so my breakthroughs now. They're more so spiritual and more so purpose driven. Like, okay, why am I here? And just how do these dots connect? Um, And what does this mean? So those are like my more so, I would say my my more more recent breakthroughs are just more spiritual breakthroughs.
1: So staying along the lines of that, um, tell us about your relationship with God. I'm sure it has evolved over time. um, But what's your relationship like with God?
0: Um, my relationship with God is great. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely awesome. I'm the type of person that for, I'm a Christian and in, in the faith of, in being a Christian in Christianity, there is the Trinity, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit. And some refer as the Holy ghost. And I can say that I access all three. I believe that, you know, God is always the father protecting me covering me. Um, I seek God for guidance. So I have that relationship with God. Mm
1: -hmm. And if
0: Jesus is his son, that means that is my brother, because I'm a child of God. And I talk to Jesus like he is my homie. And if somebody is working my nerves, I'm like, Jesus, you are gonna have to handle them because you know, Arian can't because it's not going to be a reflection of you. So and I'm going to need what you say, Siobhan. You say that. You too. <laughs> oh, I do. I say that with you, too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jesus going to have to handle that because it doesn't need my touch on it because my touch is going to be something different. Um, So I definitely have that. I definitely always access the Holy Spirit as far as the intuitiveness of that and being led by the Holy Spirit and discernment. So I would say my relationship with God is definitely full circle. Um, I love spending time with the Lord. I love his handiwork, his, his everything. Like when I look over my life and see how the dots were connected when I didn't even know it, I'm like, "Woo! look at you. Amen. Jesus. Amen. So I am, I'm, I'm in awe with God. I can definitely say I'm definitely in awe with God.
1: So I know in your morning routine, you say that you read scriptures Um, that helps you to get your day started. So how do you apply those scriptures to your business um, and your day-to-day business and in your life
0: overall? Um, I have scriptures, one in my prayer closet, and they get read in the morning. Mm -hmm. But then I also have some that I place more emphasis on than others. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Depending on what's going on. And you know personally, I would walk around saying it's the will of the Lord that I prosper. Yes, you do. Yes. <laughs> and that's from Psalms 1 and 3. And it is, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And I've just been walking around saying, whatever I do prospers. So that's something that is, I would say, heavy on my list right now. Another one that's um on my list is, there's like there's plenty on the wall. I just actually walked to the wall so I could read that. But there's mm-hmm. people always um, like, and this is a very popular passage, but people so often quote Psalms 23. Right. And I told you, I, I, I can stop at the first verse. They always want to talk about um, walking through the valleys, the shadow of death, all that. I'm like, I don't want to even hear it. like I just not I don't want to hear that part. But I'm like, okay, we're going to stop at the first verse. And which is the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yes. So much of our vocabulary is based in I want, I need. And when we use the words of I want and I need, that means that something is lacking. So you want to speak from a place of abundance, which means I have. And I just try to make sure my I have's outweigh my I want in my, I needs because I do have more than enough. And
1: Amen. that is just
0: the reality. So when I say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, there's no need for me to want anything because he is my provider. He says that he provides all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. My needs are provided. I don't need a thing. They're already provided. Whatever those needs are, are provided. So, at times when I'm even speaking of things, oh, gosh, I got to get this done or I need this. I want this. I'm like, no, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You I preach, sh- I sh- you preach <laughs> this? You're so silly. So I, I, can, I can quote scriptures with confidence and not because I've been taught it, it's because I've lived it. And I have seen God show up and show out in my life time after time after time that this is nothing that was taught to me. This is, this is my life. So I stand on it convicted and convinced.
1: I love that. And so, I mean, that I mean that pretty much answers the next question that I had about how do you handle times of opposition, um, you know, in your business and your personal Oh, life. yeah. <laughs> you
0: summed that up. <laughs> you so- the word. And mind you, Siobhan has been there for the journey, so she has seen it. Yeah. She's seen it when the first conference rolled around, and we're looking like, okay, who's paying this bill? Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> there are th- these are these are not small bills. Like, it, and that that's all relative. We're gonna say that it's small because you know how the Bible talks about when you're faithful over few, He'll make you ruler over many. We're gonna that's talk funny. about that on the next level. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that, the, that the many is the few. So that's that's what we're is. gonna go with that. But during that time, that, those were huge bills. I think the budget started like 443 or 446 or something. I was just like, oh, gosh, who's going to cover all this. And we were just doing it. Well, I know I definitely was just doing the most. But I, and Siobhan was just on long for the ride. Like, what do we got to do? I was here. <laughs> and I was just like, Lord, I was just like, this is, this is a true faith walk. I was like, oh, Lord, I'm being tested. I'm being stretched. So I had no choice. Shoot, I was praying. I had her praying. And it was, we got through. Thank God. I'm like, we, I am still standing. Like, that's what I tell myself this morning. Are you still standing.
1: <laughs> still standing, regardless of everything. Still standing. Yes. That, that is something to be, you know, commended. And kind of goes into, you know, celebrating those wins. You know, how do, how do you celebrate that? Because
0: that is to be commendable. You're still standing. You're still I, here. <laughs> I believe in celebrating wins. I, I do. Um, and it may be in the little stuff. I may, you know, right. I like that thirty-five dollar foot massage place. Like, right. It yep. may be in the little things, but I make sure it's acknowledged and celebrated.
1: You are good at that. Good at that.
0: Because at that. if it's celebrated and it's acknowledged, I know that God knows that I appreciate it. So of course, He's going to give me more of what I can express gratitude about. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I'm grateful um, And it can be just the little things Like upgrading little experiences Like oh if I was going for the $35 One already And something big happened Oh I'm going for the full body massage Upgrade me to $50 <laughs> <laughs> So it can be just the little things I'm like oh yes I'm about to go do this um, So I yeah I, I definitely yeah. believe In celebrating wins Um I do
1: So who you have, like I said, you all, you have so much um, experience and you've grown and I hear it in your story over time, just each year, we all grow, but I really hear your growth in your story. Um, But who are your spiritual mentors um, or who do you turn to for guidance? Okay.
0: Now the people who I would say are spiritual mentors and people I turn to for guidance over time, I would say some of this has evolved um, Mm -hmm. just through whatever you're going through in life. Um, I can say from a distance, I watch, why well, can't somebody looking at my life, they may not think it's a distance, but from a distance, <clears throat> I always, um, well, first let me acknowledge my church before they get to listening to this and wondering why <laughs> she has not acknowledged her past. Right. Right. <laughs> i attend the Dream Center Church of Atlanta where Pastor Bishop William Murphy III <laughs> is the presiding <laughs> pastor. So I do go to church. Um, and Pastor Daniel Murphy, his wife, is, a, of course, a pastor there as well, too. So I do go to church. And that, and that is that's why it's somewhat hard for me to say. And what I mean by that is my spiritual, I guess you would say what somebody would think is my spiritual guidance is also still. These are family and close people around me, though, too. Right. Um, so a lot of the people, I guess you would say, are like somewhat even on trend. They're my friends. So like Sarah Jakes Roberts or Devon Franklin. Or the Grays, John and Aventure Gray. Like these are, though I do hear from them. These are also still my colleagues. Um, I will say that. um, Oh, and let me not forget Pastor Tore Roberts. (laughs) Sarah's husband in the midst of all that. But these are also still people, like I'll call Aventure for prayer. I'll call Megan for prayer. Like these are also still people that are active um, in my life. Even though I'll catch like their services or sermons from afar. Um, just watching them online. And even intimately, there are people in my life that don't have a name at all, you know, that are definitely spiritual mentors and people that give me guidance spiritually, um, and especially um I would say in the prophetic. Okay. Okay. Is
1: there anything that you could think of, um, you know, from your spiritual mentors that have been something that has stuck with you that you use to you know, in your, in your moments of, you know, when you're going through things that you kind of refer back to?
0: Oh yeah. Um, and this is not somebody I would call a spiritual mentor. He probably spiritual mentors, everybody in the world, Bishop T.D. Jakes. (laughs) Oh yeah. But I have had the luxury and the honor. I shouldn't say the luxury, just the honor to, um, work on some of his films. So through that, of course, I was like a sponge, Every time he sat down, I'd sit right next to him. (laughs) Every time. I mean, it was (laughs) to the point where when I remember in Detroit filming Sparkle and Bishop Van walked up and he was like, oh my gosh, you know, Arian, I've known her since she was a little girl. Bishop Jakes looked over and said, do I? (laughs) (laughs) I, All I could do was laugh because every time he sat down, I would sit next to him with a notepad and just take notes because his revelation to me it's just so unparalleled at times. And I'm just like, wow, where's? I'm like, his download is on another level. I'm like, let me keep yes. writing. So, um, but what I was gleaning, honestly, the most was business, um, advice and business principles, which is, you know, what my book is even based upon. And I do remember like at that time, I was like not heavily in social media and I was like, Oh, they just want- wants to be invasive. Who wants to do that? Like, He's like, baby, you cannot be running a blockbuster business in a Netflix world. I need you to get with the times. And I was just like, yep. okay. And then um, just having that business evaluation discussion, he's just like, okay, let's discuss strengths and weaknesses and all of these things and what your main objectives are. And he's like, you need some legs here. You need some legs here. Because if you don't get some legs here and some support here, it's going to fall apart. Um. That's good. Yes. Just knowing that. Um, so, yeah, I have been and sometimes it scares me because I've been blessed to be around so many giants and to be able to glean from their wisdom to where I'm like, OK, God, what are you asking of me? <laughs> right. This is a lot of pressure. What are you asking me? Because they these are some pretty successful people. What is it that you want me to do here in this earth? I'll do it. But this is get kind of God always brings me to the top. I'm definitely favored in the area of influence. And it doesn't have to be just from a faith-based world. It could be entertainment. It could be political. Oh, Outside the fact that I've yet to meet Barack and Michelle, we're going to have to do something about that, Jesus. You hear me? Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Michelle, if you're listening. (laughs) I know, because I said, Shavada's coming with me. We are going to see the Obamas. Yes. (laughs) So most definitely, I will say that he's definitely placed me around a lot of powerful and influential people to glean wisdom from. And that's why I'm always like, okay, what is happening here or what is going on? Um,
1: Yeah, I feel like you are very insightful. So you I mean, you say it all the time to seize the moment. Um, And so I think you always pick up, you know, what it is that you are, what it is that God has you to receive in that moment um and so with all of the you know the people feeding into you has the, has there ever been a time that you encountered the unknown and you really had to pull on every every bit of faith a scripture advice you've been given um and how did you handle it
0: um the unknown is something that how did I encounter, how how did I handle the unknown? Um, I guess that's something that's a continual journey for everybody because the unknown, tomorrow's unknown, you know? So the unknown is something that people, that's probably people's most common fear, is the fear of the unknown. And you just have to know that you are trusting the all-knowing God. But that is true. That's probably the most common fear that people have. And the unfortunate part about that is you're working yourself up over something that hasn't happened yet.
1: Right. And it may
0: not happen at all. Whatever you're like worked up over. So, um, the unknown is just where our faith, I would say that just gets rooted and increases continuously, continuously. I'm trying to think of one time of, Oh, I had left. This is a personal discussion though. Um, I think it's in the first book, though, Uh, when I had like left a relationship and I was just like, I could just feel it. There was nothing bad happening in that relationship at the time. No, I found out plenty much later Mm -hmm. of why the Holy Spirit was like, you got to leave this situation. But um, I had to just move on That I'm like, okay, I don't know what's next and I don't know what's happening. But I was like, Arian, you're comfortable, which is which is here nor there as far as um, <clears throat> it pertains to this, but I was like, you know what, you gonna have to just follow the unknown. You know, so many people won't leave a relationship because they fear the unknown. What's the next relationship gonna be like? They just rather would stay wherever they're at because it's familiar, mm-hmm. um, even if it's not healthy. And I just, if anybody's listening that's just going through that whole situation, if it's relationship based, just you can trust in the all knowing God if you're facing the unknown on leaving a situation that you're just uncertain about absolutely
1: um well one of the things i, I i'd like to know for myself really but i'm sure others as well <laughs> what books are you reading
0: oh, Business, Shavine, you don't know what books i'm reading
1: well i know you're reading the um 10x is it Ten? oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's my book I'm reading right now, the 10X um, Grant Cardone book. Um, I felt like I have ordered so many books lately, it doesn't make sense.
1: I'm with you on
0: that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, oh, I just finished, and this is a pastor, Matthew, oh, excuse me, Kate Thompson, his book, Atmosphere Shift. And that really just increased my prayer life. It was amazing. And prior to that, it was the 25 Biblical Laws of Success. Mm hmm. Um, and then I love this book And Saints Excuse the Profanity It's You Are a Badass um, yep. Jen, <laughs> By Jen Sincero I think that's how you pronounce her last name Which was great too I just finished also reading The Four Agreements um, What else do I have Right here that is on my list of books To dig into When From Within, John Gray the Third, Prophet First They're all pretty much like my book They're rooted in spirituality and business and some are even... um. Oh, and then I have the power of praying woman that I know I'm going to dig into. What else is sitting over here? Wholeness. Well, that that's an older book. Let me see. I read it's messy. I mean, like the book list goes on and on because I love digging into a great book. But the one that I'm currently reading right now is the Ten X Rule. And tell it, is there? Give can you give us something like from a, it? Yes. It. Yeah, something from it. And this was just. Woo!
1: But oh, you now you about, you about to pull out a
0: whole lesson right now. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you why you about to pull out a whole lesson. Because last night I posted this and he was pretty much saying about success is important. Success is your duty and there is no shortage of success. And he said about this time, some will say, but success is not everything. And he says, and of course it isn't everything. Yet I always wonder what point people are trying to make with this statement. When someone in my seminar says this to me, I often respond by asking something along the lines of, are you trying to diminish the importance of something you haven't been able to attain? Oh, wow. Yes. I said, oh, I felt that. I said, drop the mic. Because he's like, what do you mean by that point when you're saying that? Cause he was going over. It is our duty. It is our duty. It is our duty. And honestly, it is spiritually rooted that it is our duty. God commanded in Genesis that we are to be fruitful and multiply. We have an objective here. We have a purpose here. So at this point, you can't just say, "Oh, well, that's optional." It's not optional. We were given directions, and anything against the directions is disobedient. So I like yes,
1: that. I like that
0: a lot. Oh okay. yeah, I was like, Ooh.
1: <laughs> I was like,
0: "Okay." I was like, "Let's post and keep moving."
1: Well as we um are kind of just wrap, wrapping up our our interview um I really I want to is there any actionable items that you can leave the ladies with who are listening? I know you've left us with a lot so far. Um anything you want to give us?
0: Yeah. Um especially since we're on I'm going to go with the wave that we're on about success and it being a duty. Um and one of the principles that I talk about in the book as well as talk about when I speak, is just on seizing the moment and the importance of that. And I don't think people realize just the magnitude of what that will do for your life. My testimony is one of seizing the moment. And I would have still been living out the car had I not seized the moment when those people called and said they had a job for me. And it wasn't even something I was familiar with. But I had to seize that moment. Had I been in the office living in there and not taking advantage of the Steve Harvey Morning Show being there, my Rolodex wouldn't even be what it is today. I believe in seizing the moment. Um, Time goes on, but... Moments can never be relived. You may get another opportunity, but you won't get another chance to tap into that same exact moment, that same exact frequency that took place. I was hoping you were going to say that. I was like, I love when you say that. (laughs) Say what?
1: (laughs) About a moment. You can never relive a moment. No, you can't. Uh
0: -uh. Yeah, you can't. That's important. You can't. You have to seize that moment because it will never exist again. It won't. That's true. I definitely will say that that will be the um, actionable item that I'll leave for the ladies. I have enjoyed this.
1: You know, when you when you work with somebody day to day, um, it's so refreshing sometimes to take a step back and just, you know, have a conversation about some of the, you know, some of those things. So I definitely have enjoyed this conversation.
0: Thank you so much, Siobhan.
1: (laughs) You are more than
0: welcome. To interview the host. (laughs) You are more than welcome. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. And ladies, stay tuned. We have some awesome interviews for you guys from some amazing women of God that are going to share their stories and their trials and their triumphs with you in order to bless your life greatly. So stay tuned to the Fearless Faith and Hustle series.:
1: Thanks for listening to the Fearless Faith and Hustle
0: Podcast yes. with and Simone. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review.